Our passage this morning is taken from Romans chapter 12, reading from 1 to 8. Romans 12, 1 to 8. I read. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasant to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Amen. That's the word of God for us this morning. The voice we'll hear is our own resident pastor, Reverend Kinsley Quasi. Hey, this God, Father of fathers, no one like you. Can we pray? Our Father, it's a new morning, and we have come that you will speak to us. Indeed, you are father of fathers, and there's no one like you. We do not come to hear the voice of a man. We do not come to meet a pastor. Father, we come to meet you, the father of fathers. Will you please speak to us? Will you give us a word in season? Will you lift our heart closer to you today? We plead with you, Lord. I set aside the flesh. I set aside every canal things, knowledge, and ask that God you will be exalted. Christ you will be exalted in this word. Let me decrease as you increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I'm looking at the subject. I'm struggling in my spirit to preach because I just realized that I'm not committed. But yet, I am not committed. Yet, I have to preach on commitment. I'm not. I'm not. This morning, I'm talking about a call to commitment. And my spirit has been turning in me. I just realized in my marriage, I'm not committed. I'm making confessions to you. I just realized that with my daughter, I have not committed. 
but I pretend to be a father. And sometimes I pretend to be your pastor. So this morning, maybe it's not for you, it's my message. And I'm trusting that God will speak to me as he speaks to you. Because it's a call to commitment. It's a call. So, I will always start here because that's what God gave to us as a church. God is in action, then, now, and the future. In a few months, we will be done with this theme, but we don't want to finish with what God is doing. So please keep that in focus. And this whole quarter, we've been talking about trusting God for a glorious future. But if you're going to see a glorious future, God is calling on you to commit. Because glory comes to people that are committed. And this morning, I will attempt to preach about a call to commitment. Once again, I remind you why you leave Frafraha to come here. Some of you come all the way from Tema. Some of you, you live close as Shiashi. But you pass churches to come here. Because we have a vision. And it's a vibrant congregation. Impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus. This is, this is our vision. This is what we look to. So when you are living, so why do you come to this church? We have a vision like this. And this is how I summarize the mission. If you are the type, you don't like plenty words. Can you say after me, celebrate, connect, and contribute. This is the mission of Calvary Baptist Church in three C's. When we gather to worship, it is to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to celebrate how far we have come. 50 years. We grow towards Christian maturity. That means that we connect with Jesus Christ. We connect with one another in our character to be like Christ. And it calls for commitment to connect. That's why some people don't stay for Sunday school or for our small group Bible study. And today there is Sunday school after service. So don't be eager to run because you are not connecting. And my last thing is we want to reach out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why we exist as a church. If you win a soul, you are just leaving the mission of the church. You are contributing to what God has called you to. So we celebrate, we connect, and continue. Today you hear this words, I can just stay here and preach the whole morning just on the mission. Because sometimes we forget why we come to church. This is the reason Calvary Baptist Church exists. To celebrate, to connect, and contribute. So when we ask you for offering your tithe, we're just giving you an opportunity to leave the mission, to contribute towards reaching out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel will always be free, but it will require resources to move the gospel. Amen? But it will always be free. So if you have not heard me before, I preach on four Ps. A few times God takes me out, but this is where I stay. So let's go ahead. Most people are family. If you're not, I will repeat them whilst we go along. So this morning, let me introduce you to the subject by reflecting on three things. Are you involved or you are committed? So I realize that I'm involved in church. I'm involved as a pastor. I'm involved as a husband in my marriage. I'm involved like a father. I'm involved in the places that I go to work. There is a lot of involvement. But I realize that I'm not committed. I don't know about you this morning. And maybe God is calling us to commit. It's starting with a pastor. What about you? Are you a minister or a vista? Let me tell you who a minister is. In this church, we have something we call the 2C plus 1. 2C plus 1. 
That means you come for celebration service on Sunday and Wednesday. You celebrate with many. And that you join a cell group, what we call a small group here, like the Sunday school group or a sheepfold in Nigeria sense of the word cell. Cell group at homes. Like you go to Dickin John's house for a cell group meeting once a month or once a week. And then there's something we call plus one. The plus one is that you belong to an auxiliary. Like you work with counseling and follow-up ministry. An auxiliary like the choir. You sing in the choir. Or you go for men's fellowship meeting. The women's fellowship meeting. WMU meetings. It's plus one. It's plus one. So when it's on second Saturday and there's prayer, not only 15 or 20 men come and represent. No. Those men are involved. Those who show up are committed. It is easy to say you belong to a men's fellowship. But you don't do anything with them. It's very easy to be WMU. Mbao. I can't even hear them. There are many WMU who are involved. But they are not committed. They are involved. So a minister is a 2C plus 1. By my definition here. It's not a pastor. Every church member who is in good standing is a minister. Amen. Yeah. You are not a visitor. Visitors are those who come once in a while to check up on us. Sometimes they come on Christmas and they come on special occasions, maybe Thanksgiving service. They are visitors. So Uncle Sam will welcome them and, you know. But we have a mission to help visitors to become members and members to become ministers. Amen. And my last reflection, did you miss your call? Did you miss a call? What Ghana says, like many Ghanaians will put it. And it says, oh, I, I missed a call. I missed, I missed your call. So you saw it, but you missed it. Okay. So let's go on. Let me introduce something. You see, sorry, if you miss breakfast, like me, I couldn't fix breakfast this morning. So this picture is good. You can feast with your eyes. Sorry, we won't let you eat. So that this story about the pig and the chicken. And it comes in different forms. So on a breakfast table or an English breakfast, for those of you who have traveled, then they serve all this. Uh, just this. They can, some of this you see them serve, right? <laughs> and so uh, you have the eggs, the, the, all the things, mushrooms and tomatoes and uh, was it ham, okay? And then and what, what do you have there? The bacon. <laughs> So that is the story, you know. <laughs> so, so the chicken was boasting to the pig. That you see, for our master to enjoy breakfast, they, they have to fry some eggs, omelette. You know, they are different. Until I travel, I didn't know that fried egg has different names. I don't know whether I've been in those places. They ask you, do you want well done, half done, omelette, you know, poached. They have so many that say, what is that? I just want fried eggs. I don't know what you are talking about. Oh, it's not happening to you. Oh, when it comes to that, I'm not good. I come from a very far away, far away. I just give me eggs. He said, well done, make them poach, fry French toast. I said, please, these things. I just want fried egg. Reverend Nicola, just fried eggs. Whatever you do with it, I don't know. I just want it fried. Yeah. So on this table, the, the, the chicken was boasting and says, see me, I'm well spread there. So this sunny side, so the, 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 the chicken is boasting about the story and talking about the sunny side. See how I am well there, well represented. Then the pig says, yeah, 
Uh, you are right. Before there is harm or whatever, it caused me to die. You know, my, 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 my brother pig died for you to have that harm there. <laughs> you are talking about just laying eggs and still walking around. Walking around and boasting. <laughs> so, and I'm in the pig told the chicken, you are involved in the breakfast. For me, I'm committed. <laughs> Today, that is what I realized I've been involved in church. But I'm not committed. I'm like some chicken laying eggs. And as and when it's convenient, I show up for the choir practice. As and when Moses is nice to me and give me a call within the week, then I come for rehearsal. What are you talking about? You are involved. You are involved. He said the pastor didn't call me. That's why I didn't come for Wednesday service. You are involved. You are involved. The pastor did not visit me when I was sick. I lost a brother. All the pastor did was to give a phone call. He could not even come to my house. So I'm not coming to church again. The guys, I think I went to Amasama. No, the other church, Botiano. How do you say that in Ghana? There are people who have left church because they were too much involved. They were not committed. Because an usher didn't smile one Sunday morning. Said this church is not friendly. How can you use one usher experience to conclude? Oh, yeah. The preacher says something and I didn't like. I have stopped the church. You are involved. That's why you can easily stop church. You are involved. You are like the chicken. You are just involved. So let's try and finish the sermon in 30 minutes. Many Christians go to church only to partake in the church services. They give offering, pay tight, and sometimes volunteer. To help if it is convenient. No, others have joined auxiliaries with ulterior motives. I, I won't have time to do either to have control or to show something that they are here and they are better than others who don't do anything. Ulterior motives. You are too much involved. But today, God is calling on you to commit. Today, God in Christ is calling us to commit to Jesus. You see, disciples were called to follow and it was a call to leave everything. And follow Mark chapter 1 everything you see that Paul had uh, and one time Paul was was put before Agrippa and he had to defend his faith and some of you have to defend your faith at where you work you have to and some of you the time comes says oh even the church it was my friend who invited me I've still been thinking whether I'm really a member see that when immediately you start to think you are not yet in the church even though you are baptized in the church even though you pay your tithe. But Paul said, when I heard, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So, there is this, I always will bring you some of my few readings. And there's this man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a theologian. He died during the Nazi regime. And he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And in one of the quotes, he says many things there. Today, I won't bother you off. He's a German. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. To die to self, to die to pride, to die to ego, to die to the male privilege in this nation, to die when a man is called by Christ. And I think I haven't died enough as a pastor. I'm still alive. And that's what I feel involved in church. See, when a man is, is called and he's dead, he has no time for criticism of others. He has no time to criticize pastors. And I'm not saying you don't have to give a feedback to your preacher. It's your responsibility. But sometimes we just talk and talk and talk and pray nothing. You're too much involved. You're too alive. When Christ calls a man, 
If you don't remember anything, remember this. And some of you love to read. The book is free online. PDF. Just type cost of discipleship. Because it's, it's been in the public domain. for You can get a PDF and read the whole book. It may challenge you. Because discipleship is not a course you take with brother Daniel and go to baptism and then you finish. We don't finish discipleship. It's an ongoing follow-up with Christ. Immediately you arrive to a place you feel you know it all and you, don't, you cannot be discipled because you've become too big. You've missed it. You are not a disciple. You are just involved. You're just around. So what is my proposition this morning? It's a call. What I mean is, what am I proposing to you? What am I saying? It's a call to a decision. It's a call to a dedication. It's a call to a devotion to a God and his purpose. God is calling us to offer our bodies. Romans chapter 12, we just said. It said, brethren, I beseech you. I beseech you by the mercies of God. I'm beseeching you. And if you take the whole book of Romans, chapter 1 to 11, Paul has been talking a lot of theory. And he has never visited Rome before. And so he makes effort to write to them because he wants to connect. And he tried to explain a lot of doctrines. And he teaches, he breaks down on faith, on justification. And he talks about grace. But when it comes to chapter 12, he says, in view of all this, he's proposing that there will be a new commitment. It's a call to a decision that I'm a Christian and it must mean something. It's a call. It's a call to a dedication onto a new kind of work. He said, You're a Christian. When you were in the world, you used to drink. You used to chase women. You used to do anything you want. And now you've been called as a Christian. You see nothing wrong with drinking. You see nothing wrong with chasing women. You see not because there's enough money. He said, but my wife is well taken care of, pastor. Don't I have a right to share my life with others? You rationalize it. Pastor, I can afford those drinks. Is it wrong to drink once a while? It's a call to commitment. That's why many of us are involved. We are involved. To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. That is holy. Maybe today holiness means nothing. Because from the pulpit to the pew, we have put holiness to the background. We want to teach you three steps of how to be successful. I want to teach you five steps on how you can break through. I want to teach you how the prophetic wave will make your life better. So we don't talk about living sacrifice again. So today from the pulpit to the pew, there's a call to commitment. It's a call to renew your mind. Chapter, chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. But be ye transformed by the renewer of your mind. This is a new call. You see, you can't tell me that you are transformed, but you keep doing the same thing the same way. Hey! The way we talk to our spouses, the way we talk to our children, it is not different from those who don't come to church. So what is the renewer of the mind? That's what I'm saying. Many of us are involved in that marriage. The way you treat your husband. I mean, how can I expect a wife to go to bed in some things because you are not happy with your husband? Seriously. And you come to church. Come to church. Huh. It's a call to a new mindset. It's a call to a new mindset. Huh. A Christian woman 
with your husband. In fact, some of you are angry you sleep in another room. It's a court. I said you are involved in that marriage. You are not committed enough. What? The man did not say something right. So you are angry for one week. You only test yourselves. You don't talk face to face. You avoid. I'm involved. You are not committed. You are not. It's a call to know and approve what God's will is. It's a what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect. Hey! And I read the thing again. I said, I've read the scripture before, but today, Lord, I'm confessing. I've been too much involved. I want to be committed. I want to be committed. So, the purpose, why do we commit? Why? There are two things you find there. That because of all of God's mercies. That's why we commit. Because of all that God has done for you and me. That is why we commit. It is enough reason to commit. Because God has done a lot for you and me. For many of us. He's given us strength. He's provided in many ways. He's watched over you. God has fought battles for you. God has rescued you from death many times. Not once. There are times you literally come and say, this one is God. And then when you go to verse 3 and 4, you find that it talks about the different gift that God is made available. Because of God's deposit inside you. So for by grace, giving me, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with so bad judgment. This is what I'm doing this morning. Oh, I am so badly reflecting my life. And I realize that I'm not committed. Oh yeah, we're doing evaluation. End of the year, most of you do. Media review, appraisers. I looked to wait. I said, no. Kinsley, this is not you. You are not working hard enough. No, sometimes you have to so badly reflect on your life. It is easy to come to church in and go. And tick. I went to church on Sunday. Even the chicken comes to church on Sunday. Ticked. I pray this morning. Take. I read my Bible for 15 good minutes. Pastor, take. Oh, I spoke to my neighbor about Christ. Take. We go through the checklist of religious activities and we believe that we have fulfilled righteousness because we have ticked the box. But just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, verse 5. So in Christ, who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Can I say you belong to me in this church? The way when people have funerals, the way when people are sick, we expect only the pastor or the deacons to go. Do we belong to one another? You are too much involved though. Say, but I'm not a deacon. I'm not a pastor. Why do you expect me to visit a church member who is in my group? He's my group member. And so, hey, sister, you are like a chicken. You are too much involved in this breakfast. We see you, sunny side, poached. We have different gifts according to grace. It is not the pastor who has all the gifts. And if any pastor pretends to you, he has it all. Pray for him in his prayer. Because I don't have it all. Anybody who's close to me know I have flaws, maybe more than many of you who are seated here. But I've been called, and I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I've been called. And you have been called. He said, according to the grace. Oh, let's stay on that scripture, brother. According to the grace 
giving us, if a man's gift is prophesied, look, you may assume that you don't have grace, but I came to announce you this morning, by grace you've been saved. That grace that saved you, grace deposited in you a lot of gifts, spiritual gift. A lot of gift. You are so loaded, you are not even aware. <laughs> you are loaded. Tell someone you are loaded. You are highly loaded. Oh, uh-huh. You are highly loaded. I love that reverend. You are highly loaded with grace upon grace. And every day you show up, you pray, and God keeps pouring grace. 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 Let him use it in proportion to his faith. So let's go and finish this. So I'm on second P. I've talked about proposing that is a commitment to a decision, to a devotion, to a dedication. And then I'm talking about when, no, let's, before we jump to the process, that's my third and I'm almost done. I have about 10 minutes more. See, when God calls you, we listen and commit. No, sometimes we live as if we had a missed call. <laughs> you know, you know, there are people sometimes when they are calling you, I think it was uh, uh, Bishop Dark, he says, don't delete the number. And then put, don't answer one. So there are some people that intentionally the call is coming. You say, ah, Osumesi, don't answer one. Don't answer two. He said, keep storing. Don't delete, else you will know. But some of you, God is calling. And you have also put God's call. Don't answer one. And the pastor preached, you hear the call of God to do something about it. He said, don't answer two. No, so we, we come as if we are doing the pastor a favor. We come to church as if we are doing our Sunday school teacher a favor by showing up. Because if I'm not in a class, sometimes it's boring. So I'm, I'm just there to help them. Hey, you are chicken with lay eggs sunny side in the breakfast. This morning, God is calling us to a new commitment. It's a commitment to seek him, to know him, to love him with all of our heart. Do you remember the great commandment? That you will love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's a new commitment. With all your soul, with all your strength. Matthew twenty two twenty seven. It's a commitment to go after souls. And sometimes it feels like everybody around us is saved. It is not. You know the way they behave. You know they need Christ. You are too gentle about it. You're too gentle. It's a call to celebrate. To connect and to contribute. No, it's a call to celebrate your wife. It's a call to celebrate your husband. It's a call to celebrate your family. And I say it's a call to connect to your family. Many people are providing school fees and providing chop money. Let me use the Ghanaian English. Providing chop money, but they are not connecting with their spouse. They are not connecting with children. But it's a call to commit. How do we commit? So we look in verse 4 to 6. These are three things you will find there. It's a, it's a teamwork. It's not a one-man show. <laughs> it says, look at the members of the body. Can the hand ever tell the eye that because you are not the one who cooks the food, you have no right to look at it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's a teamwork. It says, look, look at your body with all the members. That is how God is designed for this. And we have different gifts according to the grace. And before then, before then, I think go to the verse, is it five or four? Yeah. Say, so in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. In Christ, you are not a lone ranger. 
In Christ, you don't have it all. Even if you have all the spiritual gifts, you still need somebody. Can you tell everybody needs somebody? Oh, you see the way you are not saying you are suspect to. Because you don't even want to say it, let alone to do it. What you cannot say, sometimes it's hard for you to think and do it. Hey, for out of the abundance of the heart. Ay, 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 ay. So when you are quiet, I feel you are a suspect. You don't feel like you belong to anybody. You have all the money you need. You are your friend all by yourself. You've read all the books you want. You can pray all the prayer you pray. Just as each of us has one body with many members. And these members do not have all the same function. And sometimes it's so easy to despise those who don't work hard like you. Because yours is a Sunday school teacher. Yours is a pastor. Hey, I am the deacon of this church. I even employ the pastor and we can fire him. He try to not stay in his part and he takes our work. Hey, say, and these members do not have the same function. I need the deacon. I need the Sunday school teacher. I need you. Tell somebody I need you. Sometimes we behave like we don't need anybody. It's a teamwork. That is how to commit. That is why we pray for one another on Wednesdays. That is why we are there to listen to people who are hurting. We need you. Some of you, God has called you to be deacons. But you look at the work. He said, me, deacon. Oh. No, the men very soon will be organizing executives. When are we the Uncle Vas? When are we doing the men's election? Is it this year or next year? Oh, this year. Are people excited coming to take positions? If you want to work hard, go to the men's fellowship. Yeah. You see that you are dealing with men. Very independent men. Very well accomplished men. Men of great stature. Hey, men of substance. Ask and go back. So I tell you, come and talk and say, hey, hey, okay, you are doing well. I'm also here. I'm supporting you with prayer. Come now. And here is you. you. You know what you've been through these few weeks, eh? Oh, but we are great men in this church. Please don't understand what I'm telling you. But they are well accomplished men. Everybody has his mind. I don't know why I'm making you laugh plenty. I want to finish this sermon. Just laugh. See, I'm saying it's a teamwork. It's not a one-man show. You can't do it by yourself. Is it? And it's unity in diversity. You see it. Look, no, you can go to verse 5 and 6. I'm preaching from the test too. I'm not just saying my mind. Please go back to scripture for 5 and 6 there. Says so in Christ, we who are many form and each give me the next verse. We have different gifts. Unity in diversity, different gifts according to the grace. The same grace will allow somebody to prophesy, allow somebody to contribute to the needs of others, allow someone to extend mercy, allow someone to teach in Sunday school. And some men, the teachers ask me that visit the Sunday school once a while, where your children are, some of you, your grandchildren are. Visit there one Sunday, take 30 minutes and be there. If it's a servant, let him serve. We have different gifts, unity and diversity. Let's come to process. So this is how we commit. You commit by working together with one another. In the house, the husband cannot do it all. No, you cannot. If you can do all by yourself, it means you are smarter than God. But God said it was not good for the man. He looked at how Adam was busy naming animals. 
busy doing things and said this man is too lonely let me find him a suitable mate hello and there's a new movement it is so subtle happening around us women who have become overly independent who says they don't need a man hey some women have become wiser than God a woman doesn't need a man ha, you are guilty as charged like the men who think they don't need a woman and they are doing their wife a favor by marrying you. Hey! You're not doing anybody favor. You are talking like a man involved. If you are committed, the language changes. The narrative changes. It's functionality over aesthetics. It's one of my favorite quotes. You know, sometimes you want the car to look so nice. You want the house to look so beautiful. But it doesn't serve the purpose it's intended to. Hello? Imagine you wanted to carry 10 bags or 20 bags or 100 bags of cement. And instead of getting an articulator or a tractor or some you care to do, you want to go and take uh, Uncle James, your, your small car to carry that. Because that car is nicer than the Kia. I mean, think about it. We're talking about functionality here. What is the gift intended to do? What is the gift God is giving? It is not how nice the gift is. That spiritual gift is. It allows me to sing in the choir and everybody enjoy my voice. So Lord, if you're not giving me that voice, please, I'm not going to join the prayer warriors. There when they pray, nobody sees us. They come too early. I can't even wake up early. But God wants you to join the prayer force to pray. It's functionality over aesthetics. So Lord, I ask you to make me a preacher. And all you've allowed me is to be a counselor, talking to people at the back no, that's not what I asked you for. I say it's functionality over aesthetics. It is not what looks nice. And everybody who preach, we know the troubles we go through because we'll be judged twice. And Paul said, after I have preached, I want to submit so that I will not be a castaway. We can easily be a castaway. Hello? It can get into our head and we will miss it all. Pride kills preachers faster than any other sin. Functionality over aesthetics. Today, if I had my way, I would sit and enjoy Reverend Dr. Dura bring exegesis on this message. Break it down. I love to listen to people. And sometimes you see me, I'm excited in my seat because I'm connecting. When it's your duty to teach, you have to ask all the heaven grace. You have to be extra nice to your wife so he can give you more space to prepare. There's so much that we go through. Uh, it's not easy, Please let me finish this sermon with my last P. So what are the outcomes if we are committed? What are the outcomes? I'm finishing here. You see, there is a measure of grace. Anytime we are committed, God grants grace. And it talks about doing everything out of the overflow of the grace received. That is why I said, if your gift is prophesying, that means you have the grace for it. Do it. Don't compare yourself to the one who gives much money. Because if it is contributing to the needs of others, let the person give generously. That is the outcome. So if you want to finish this building, for example, and your gift is given, look, it is a grace you have received to give all. It is not a time to sit, last time I gave 10,000, I really didn't like the work they did. No, the Bible says if it is contributing, to the knees. Let them do it generously. It is not time for analysis. And don't get me wrong. I always say this and I put the caveat. You are supposed to hold us as leaders responsible. 
But it does not stop you from doing what God has given you the grace to do. If your grace is to lead, he said you must do it diligently. Pastors, deacons, shepherds, every leader here, you have a responsibility. Whether the people honor you or not, whether they appreciate you or not, whether they, 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 they love you or not. He says if it is leadership, do it, govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Look, I don't know what the grace of God is. And I think the list go on. But that's why I stretch my verse to 16. There is so much you find in Romans chapter 12. There is so much. There is so much. I mean, I just want to read a few of them whilst I bring the message to an end. So live in harmony with one another. Look, it is not everybody you can live in harmony with. Except there is grace to live in harmony. Say, so do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. There are some of you, it is just so hard for you to associate with people who are uneducated. Sometimes you said they lack intellectual stimulation. When you talk with them, they drain you. They are not able to add to the discourse. And for that reason, you avoid them like a plague. You see them coming, he said, let me run for a cover. But Bible says, be willing. It takes grace. Maybe today that is the kind of commitment the Lord is asking you to. Maybe it's your neighbor. He smokes and you can't stand the cigar. And so you've never made attempt to talk. Because when he opens his mouth to say good morning, it's like a secondary smoking to you. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. But careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. This one is hard. To do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Everybody. Do the, some of us, oh me, God knows my heart. I'm doing right by God. I don't care what happens to my neighbor. No, no, no. This is grace. This is commitment. You are so committed that even in your house, you are careful that you want to do everything that is right in the eyes of everybody. Right in the eyes of your children. Some of us, that is the, that, it is the struggle our children go through. They hear us talk about the great things, but they watch our life. One time I was driving with my wife, uh, my daughter. We're coming to church or something. I think the traffic was thick. I was getting late. I was driving late. And I wanted to pass by the side. You know, on a spring test, if you've used spring test, it's a single lane. And so I want to pass by the side. My daughter said, Daddy, what are you doing? Why are you off the road? Are you not the one who tells people to do the right thing? I said, I'm sorry. Boom, back to the main road. I said, but I'm running late. Can't you see? No, it was my conscience. It was pricking me because somebody is watching what I'm doing. No, sometimes we think nobody's watching. People watch us more than we anticipate. Oh, me, I'm not a pastor. Nobody's watching me. I am not anything. But today, I want to tell go, go read the rest of this. There is grace to do what you have to do. That is where commitment is. We don't just come and share the grace and receive grace and be saved by grace for the purpose of just grace. It is a grace to commit. Are you willing to commit to your husband? Commit to the children that you will do right by them. You don't beat your wife in front of the children and tell the children that please, you need to treat women well. You are a joker. Commitment. Commitment. You don't tell your children to respect people and you degrade politicians in your house. You degrade pastors in your house. You talk down on others in, in front of them in the car. You are a joker. You are not committed. 
You're not. That's why I'm saying, look, this message, I didn't come to be holier than thou. Many of us are chicken, laying eggs for sunny side and poached. Poached, 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 fried eggs. Poached eggs in the breakfast table. We are not committed. I'm telling you, we are not committed. You come and you see anything on this compound before you open your mouth to talk, ask, what am I doing about it? That's commitment. It doesn't start only from the pastor. It starts with you and ends with your neighbor. Commitment. Hold people accountable, but first and foremost, hold yourself accountable. What you said you were going to do, are you committed? No, are you committed? Oh, they didn't call me to follow up on the check. Even the pastor didn't pray with me when I pledged to support. So me, what should I give? You are not committed. You are involved. The pastor must call you. That is commitment. If he doesn't do, he's also involved. But you must also do because you are committed. Can I finish here? The outcome. What's your response this morning? How about prayer this morning to commit to God and family? What about an action of commitment to believers and the unsaved this week? A new commitment to your devotion and to your work. Many of us, the way we show up to work, the way we, the attitude we do, you know, people have asked, are they Christians in your church? Do they work? I say yes. There are many Christians who work. And one person told me, I think over the weekend, that his boss has to come and seize the Bible from him. And he thinks that the Bible, his boss doesn't like God. I said, you are not committed to the work. You, you want to go to work in the morning and work time, you want to do your devotion. Who said that? Why couldn't you do your devotion before going to the office? If I'm that boss, I will not just take the Bible. I will give you a query or sack you. So that you come and pray. And look for a new job. And stay there. And God, some of you will let you stay there for some time to learn. To be committed. This morning, I'm challenging you. And I'm challenging myself as a pastor. How committed am I? Can we bow our heads in prayer? Think about the word of the Lord that has come to you. Maybe this morning, the altar call to prayer will be for everybody here. Who wants to not just be involved, but to be committed to that marriage. Not just an involved father. An involved church member. But a minister. 2C plus 1 compliant. Someone who wants to celebrate. Who wants to connect. And who wants to contribute. Who's living the mission. That God has given the church. You've owned it as your personal mission. Someone here who says no. I'm not committed to prayer. The way I treat mm. prayer. The way I treat my family. The way I work. Maybe it's a new commitment to my work. Anybody who goes to work and is looking at a clock when it will be over so they will leave. You are just involved in the work. You are not pleasing the Lord. You are not committed. Today ask God so that he can forgive you. It's been my prayer. The Lord, we, we have just been too involved. Forgive me. I've been too involved with the children. Forgive me. I'm not committed. I pay the fees but I don't know what they do. Even at school. When was the last time you look at the notes? Your child's assignment. And work through and said, Oh, is that so? Ask God. It's a new commitment. You come to church. But you're not committed. You are involved in the church. You pay your tithe. You give. But God is looking for a commitment. Talk to God. Let's just talk to God. Thank you, Jesus.